So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops.
And welcome to the 328th episode of Cinema PsyOps. Not only is it the 328th episode of Cinema PsyOps, it is the 328th consecutive week that we have produced this show. That is counting me, your host, Court, and my co-host, Matt. This is the weirdest episode of the B in uh, apartment 23 I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, it's, um, the girl in room 2A, and your notes are about the girl in room 2B, which has two connotations for it, and one of them happening to be, you watch the wrong movie, the other happening (laughs) to be, there are restraining orders in your future. Yeah, um, listen, man, it's just on YouTube, all right? I click a link, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it's on YouTube, then clearly someone wants you to watch it, and you're not you're you know you're not stalking someone but but there is no girl in room 2b no no it's the girl in room 2a yeah, 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 of course, of course, of course. The question is, is the girl in room 2A to be or not to be? Well, they do say that is the question, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is... It's, science. Let's, let's let's just let's just uh, freely admit there's, gonna, there's not going to be a pirate radio edit this week uh, because our head honcho, Bo, is taking some much-deserved time off. And yes. because it can't be posted to the Patreon and because I don't think that delaying it away week and then working my ass off before Thanksgiving to try and get one done anyway. You know, I just, I, I'm not going to do it. So we're just going to do the main episode we're going to do using uh, just the the type of music that's from the website that our Legion Patreon takes care of as well. And uh, this has been a fucking shit week for Matt already, and it's only Monday too. It's, so, it's only Monday, so I'm I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, Here, so here's the thing. We're, we're just uh, going to do the show the way that we, we always do yeah. it. We're going to have fun with it, and, and of course, you know, and we're going to give the movie the full review that we're going to give it. But we're also not going the extra mile this week, which is pretty much the closest to a vacation I get for doing this show. Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, it's always scary to take a week off, come back to work for a week, and then come back to work for two days before you take the rest of the week off. Um, Work-wise, it makes things, uh, you know, chalk up a bit. So... My Mondays have been a nightmare. <laughs> and from the sounds of it, the rest of your fucking life, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's just par for the course there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So following your doctor's advice, you drink about it. You drink about it a lot. I do. I swallow a lot of anger. <laughs> I uh, I will uh, late at night uh, just uh, sit in a corner in my basement with no lights on and cry. So, uh, Oh, don't like, feel so bad, man. weep. Do not feel so bad. I'm losing my battle with anger a little bit. Um, I oh, beat yeah. the fuck out of my couch because I couldn't control my temper. <laughs> well, I want to say this though. I didn't. I didn't like do it because I was mad at my couch. What I'm talking yeah. about is I. I punched my couch. Like you punched. Well, I mean, yeah. it's better your couch. You should get a punching bag. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing, right? Uh, yeah. I probably should get something like that because I hurt my wrist. Oh, <laughs> real Jesus. good. Beating yeah. the fuck. Like you know how they sell you to punch a cushion right so i piled up i piled up like a bunch of cushions on the couch and started punching it but no i punched i punched through like a shitload of fucking cushions and found something solid to connect with and hurt my wrist oh of course yeah yeah that'll that'll do it um never good i I think i punched the couch to the floor dude i'm serious oh god yeah yeah you know what okay anger one court nothing but uh, it's a new day uh you get to come back at it yeah but but here's 
here's the thing, right? Instead of holding that in, instead of stewing on it, instead of doing yeah. anything else, I tried to do the constructive thing. Yeah, but- which like punch a couch, scream, maybe scream into a pillow. Do you think <laughs> that would help more than the punching part? At this point, I'm afraid it's going to catch fire. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm afraid, like, you'll scream into a couch cushion, but, like, your neighbors are still going to hear. And and, the, and then your vocal cords are going to bleed. And then you're going to, yeah, it sounds like this on the next podcast when you try to do a hello. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I, I don't know. But, like, yeah. Um, but I'm I'm proud of myself for trying. Uh, in the old days, I would punch a brick wall. So Yeah. And, and so you're getting better. You punch the couch instead of the wall. That's always helpful. Right. Like, I, I just basically. My, my thing was like I'm just gonna keep hitting this wall until something starts bleeding. And it's usually yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because yeah, because yeah, the walls don't usually bleed. Um, it depends. I've, yeah, I had an apartment in I've Pittsburgh seen... that it did. Uh, <laughs> well, no, but that was still your blood. <laughs> that right, just looked right. like the wall was bleeding. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, usually, usually brick walls won't bleed, all right? And when it's a person versus brick wall, like 99 times out of 100, the brick wall wins. (laughs) Person (laughs) loses. (laughs) I've been told that that's a form of self-harm, and that's why I was doing it. That could be. That could be. <laughs> yeah, you you just didn't want to do it like uh, like just cutting yourself. So instead, you start punching hard things that could hurt you back. Yeah, yeah, I could get that. <laughs> I figured, you know, I'd heal. The wall would still be there with the damage I left behind. Not a brick wall. Again, ninety nine times out of a hundred, the brick wall ain't gonna show a lot of wear or tear. All right. <laughs> Just brick. Now, maybe a drywall? Sure, the damage will be there. The brick wall? Nah. (laughs) Punching a drywall is satisfying for a moment. Punching a brick wall is never satisfying and never ends. (laughs) No, and it never ends. And the brick wall always wins. I just... I, I'm sure there's that one one hundredth of a time where the, the like some person won, but it's few and far between. <laughs> I, mean, I just would suggest it. <laughs> so overall, for Matt's review of the battle of the brick wall versus human fist, yeah. I would say his assessment is strongly for brick wall. Yeah, I would. I would. I would always bet a brick wall constantly. <laughs> I'd, I'd bet the over. Too. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, you know what, like. That was um that was something that was just a bunch of different shit building up at at once that uh, just kind of convalesced into at one yeah. particular moment where I couldn't control my anger and by couldn't control my anger I mean couldn't come down from it naturally and I knew yeah. that I wasn't going to and if I did it wasn't going to be in a healthy way so that's I why I decided to do it and yes Matt knows that I'm not joking when I say I think I punched through the couch to the floor I, I, I'm almost positive you're not because uh. <laughs> I piled up a bunch of cushions on. Top of the couch, and it sunk really far, and then yeah, it I've, really hurt. <laughs> I've seen some. I've seen some things, man. I've seen some stuff. <laughs> yeah, you've seen me hit shit. Yes. Yeah, I've seen you hit shit. Yeah, that's that's about it. I, I've seen some things. I've seen some stuff, and I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I've seen some dumpsters on fire, floating down a river of piss. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Become like a Vietnam veteran. I've seen some stuff, man. Some things. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> well, if you would like to hear more about pirate radio edits, we absolutely can talk about that all day just to kind of segue and circle back to what we were talking about for this not being one of yes. those weeks. Uh, the pirate radio edits are, just for those of you that are still listening on the main feed and don't know, are 
and edit in the way that I've always intended and always wanted to do the show. I made the sacrifice to stay on Legion Podcast to stop doing that because for the good of the, the entirety of the network so that we could get more shows on more platforms all over the place and even somewhat monetize it in the future if we wanted to, this decision was to go with music that we would have permission or that we have licensing for or something along those lines instead. But on Patreon, everybody, I can do whatever the fuck I want because Bob aren't going to be scrubbing and i got the okay for now until this too gets canceled on me not being able to be done because we get in trouble for it but the bots aren't scrubbing there yet so that's what the no. pirate radio edit is for that's the show that matt and i always intended to do now you're not going to hear that this week what you're going to hear is what everybody hears on the main feed and i'm still going to put the show out on the main feed but the yeah. way that i do the show i talk about the stuff on the pirate radio edit because that's the way we're recording it while we're doing it and so if you want to hear the music that i'm talking about that's on the legion patreon and that's what you need to do to hear it. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me Cutting a New Show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. of sadomasochistic themes in the movie The Girl in Room 2A. And yeah, no doubt. there's also some very dark, very uh, mysterious people performing very weird cultic rituals around a whole lot of heavy sadism, where it just seems like they're just making up excuses because they want to watch people get tortured in this yeah. movie. And when I, when I think of that kind of lifestyle, I think of techno. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people who want to listen to techno sure do seem like they have some uh, masochistic uh, personality traits, sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> are you talking about a disdain for techno, my friend? Because it sounds like I, you are. I don't really have a disdain for techno, actually. I just, you know, it's anything to make fun of a certain music genre, no matter what it is, I'll do it. Anything to <laughs> isolate and or alienate a group of people in any way, shape, or form. That's Matt Psyop, folks. If I have to feel isolated alone all the time, so does everyone else. Well, we can all come together at least and listen to this trailer. Yeah! Now, you can see what actually did happen to the girl in room 2A. Forgive me. There is no forgiveness. Girl in room 2A are prisons in hell. Adulterous. Featuring Ruff Baloney. Girl in room 2A are prison in hell. Rated R. That was wow. a kick-ass fucking short trailer. I love them when they're short and filthy yeah. like that. Also, talking about cults and sadism, it's all over every fucking trailer I saw and all the ads for this movie. They spoil the stuff that's supposed to be a dark twist, hardcore in every promotion, because that's what's going to sell this. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, duh. I mean, yeah, you have to be able to do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, I can't wait to actually dig in on this film, so let's go. Let's go. The girl in room 2A, uh, first 20 minutes, uh, we see a lady, she's walking out of her place, but she gets abducted and drugged in the back of a car. Uh, and then, uh, with some of the most cheeriest fucking intro music I've ever heard, uh, she is stripped tortured and murdered and then thrown from a cliff uh the music is happy because the people that are doing this are extremely giddy while they do it i guess but holy shit that's that's a little something that's a little strong it's a strong uh it's called a juxtaposition matt all right I you know what? Listen, number one, uh, I don't know how to read, so <laughs> you don't get to use big words like that with me. <laughs> number two, all right, let's move on. Uh, First of all, my friend, if you did not know how to read in earnest, I would teach you. And also, how the fuck do you maintain the type of work that you do if you can't read? <laughs> I just recognize symbols and just wing it. I've been winging it. <laughs> You're like some kind of high functioning person. Then I don't know how that works. Listen, I'm going to tell you the same thing that my dad said when he was getting ready to fly play drunk. I'll wing it. So, my dad doesn't even know how to fly. Uh, let's see here. All right, so, then we cut to a woman's being released from jail. And uh, the guards, you know, they let her go. And then they talk about how she was kind of weird one. But they're like, hey, you know, being in here can make anyone weird. Um, so then uh, she's walking. Uh, she walks into a cafe. She makes a call. Let's this other lady who seems to be her parole officer know that she missed the bus to this uh, halfway house she's going to be living in, apparently. Uh, and uh, she'll be at the new place later. Um, she seems really put off by a lot of the dudes playing pool she's got a real kind of just she's she's got a lot of issues man uh you can tell a lot of distress of of people especially a group of people probably even men so there you go i mean justifiably so yeah i mean they all look creepy as fuck so dude i, I was worried for her body. the entire time she's walking down the street i was waiting for something horrible to happen to her yeah right after yeah, yeah i mean i guess i was too I mean, after the intro of the film like we have no idea what has happened to this girl that's just now being released from prison and like i was terrified for her i'm not ashamed to admit it the entire time she's walking down the street yeah so uh she does catch a bus though and she gets to the place where uh she's going to be uh living and she actually talks to the landlady and that is our first clip ask if there's anything you want margaret uh thank you mrs grant i'm fine thank you i want you to be comfortable here margaret thank you you know child 
Everyone does something wrong sometime. You don't understand, Mrs. Grant. I didn't do anything wrong. That social worker, Miss Sunberg, told me you were just released from prison. Isn't that so? Uh, look, it wasn't a prison. It was the woman's jail. I mean, it's all a terrible mistake. Oh, I didn't mean to hurt you. I'd like to help you. I'm very tired now. Oh. Of course, dear. You just go and get some rest now. I just want to get this stuff out of the way. Yes, certainly. Yes, I imagine you are tired. Have a nice rest, dear. Wow, what an invasive fucking bitch that lady is. I know, man. Just let this lady live her life, you know? Holy fuck. Judgmental uh, cow. Right? Uh, then we see this man. He comes out as the two kind of go their separate ways, and he kind of is looking around. Then we see she's putting stuff away, and she sees these footsteps. Uh, you can see constant footsteps from under the hallway, uh, from underneath the door. Like A lot of people are just walking around her room. It's like, well, holy shit, why don't you leave her alone? Uh, see here. She's trying to go to sleep, but then a window forces open from some wind, and we see more people walking outside her room. Well, later on, we see she's heading out for a walk, but the landlady, she says, hey, come on, no, you're not going to go for a walk, have some tea with me. And again, being invasive, and that's our next clip. My son and I live alone here, you know, ever since my husband died. Do you play? Oh, no. I took lessons when I was little, but I uh, don't remember very much. Let's sit down. My husband used to play quite beautifully. Oh, he did. Would you like a little sedative in your tea? Sedative? Yes. Just a mild tranquilizing tablet. That's all it is. Not a bit harmful to your system. I use them myself. My doctor, you see, gives them to me. Just a nerve calmer. Try one. Uh, well, I guess I could use some something to calm down with. Things get so lonely around here for me, Margaret. That's my husband's picture. On the piano, over there. He's been dead now for 20 years. Oh, I'm sorry, really. Yes, he was run over one terrible winter day. Miss him. It was an accident? No, it was cold-blooded murder. He was killed by a hit-and-run driver, a hoodlum who just robbed a supermarket. He got 25 years in prison. He'll be out soon. Justice. <sighs> Evil can only be handled on its own terms. To forgive is to absolve it. That's against all humanity and all religion, Mrs. Grant. Oh, no. It isn't, Margaret. Humanity just hasn't come far enough. Wow. Wow, yeah. Just mental bitch. So, that night, uh, she's, while uh, Margaret's sleeping, she sees the door open and a man in red comes in and starts to grab at her. And she wakes up screaming, but then she sees, um, like, no one's there. And she's like, what the hell? And then she's like, holding on to, like, the bed frame, and it, because it's bars, it kind of reminds her of her, her time in jail, you can see. Can we talk about the cinematography and how hallucinatory some of these sequences are? Yeah, go ahead. 
ahead. Talk about it because that's the end of that first 20 minutes. That's perfect then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I just particularly the sequence where she takes the sedative, right? Because she's pretty much just like forced to take the sedative. Like the lady pretty much just drops it in her tea. Yeah. And it's either don't drink it or and f- seem rude or, you know, let this old lady dose you with what she wants to dose you with. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. It seemed appreciative for the chance to be dosed, I guess. Right. It was really bizarre. Now, the hallucination stuff, they're using a lot of wide-angle lenses, and they're kind of doing these very bizarre shots and these sequences, but there's also some, like, overlays and um, some other sort of, like, old-school double-printing techniques that they're using where they're, like, laying things over top of other stuff. Some of the shots where they're, where they're cutting around and stuff, and, like, this technique is really cool and, like, really kind of hip, and for, like, 1974, it was a little surprising to see because like it kind of became like towards the end of the 70s that became a more you know prominent kitschy thing that they were doing you know with with editing yeah. and stuff like that where they were like trying to get a little more fanciful with stuff and there was like a lot of split screens and you know like really trying to show what they were kind of capable of doing effects wise stuff you know like mm-hmm. like just just you know just different ways of, of presenting the film and I, I just feel like this was a little bit ahead of its time and this is like an Italian and American co-production so this is a GI I guess written over there in Italy, but an American producer and an American director came over oh. and shot it, I guess, or th- because it's an American who directed it. So it's an, it's like, I don't know, like an American horror director shooting a Gialli in Italy in 1974 or when it was released. So in the seventies, like in the heyday of Giallo, they brought over an American director and like gave him a shot. I mean, that's fucking oh. cool. Like, yeah, that like, is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and whether or not he does the Giallo, well, we'll talk about that later as as we kind of go into it, but I just like that idea. I watched this without knowing any of it, right? So yeah. all of my feelings about it and all the things that I'm I'm discussing right now um, are basically, you know, my thoughts before I even realized that. But my delight to what I was enjoying in this film made me wonder if, you know, maybe the guy was a fan of this kind of stuff and really wanted to take a crack at it and like, you know, just really wanted to dig in. But it, it feels almost like what would be the American style of murder mystery. Like it has elements that feel more like a slasher film, but we're years ahead of where slasher films are supposed to be, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, like we're talking maybe if you go Black Christmas, I think that that was still Black Christmas is supposed to be the very first, you know, or yeah. whatever slasher. That's what most people say, or at least that widely acknowledged. Let's just put it that way. And that's 1974 as well. So it's a contemporary of Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. It, for release time so it's in it's in the same kind of zeitgeist era <laughs> if you will um for for that kind of that kind of um production but the other things that this film is starting to do and all these little weird like trippy moments that they're they're inserting with um the hallucination scenes and all that stuff it, it reminds me of like the kind of hitchcocky spellbound type thing um where there's there is some hallucination sequences and things don't quite make sense and it's almost like nightmare and and you do see the italians start to play around with that in the 80s where they mess with nightmare logic they mess with more hallucinations and it just becomes a point where you wonder if the entire film is a hallucination or nightmare that you're, yeah. you're witnessing as you're watching it and stuff and so this 
I don't know, like this film really felt like a kind of touchstone to all of that kind of stuff. And it's an American-Italian co-production where it definitely has the sensibilities of our slasher style production, but still mixes in a little bit of that that murder mystery stuff. But it also throws in like this culty stuff and like things that you wouldn't see until like all the colors of the dark and, and that sort of thing. And all these just different ideas melded together into one film. And we're already into this weird, trippy sort of sequence when she goes to live in this place after being released from jail you know they're just packing so much shit in already we're like what the fuck happened to this girl and what's gonna happen what i'm constantly worried about her already and that that sense of dread just never lets up from this point forward in the film and it really it's produced really really well and it's just I, I don't know, like I just wanted to bring all of these elements that I feel are in this film are little touchstones for things that are going to come later in both our country's productions and how you can kind of see some of it right here. I mean, like her her basically being menaced like she is in her apartment building where she's just going to find a place to stay reminds me of kind of what happens with Hostel quite a bit to the point where it almost ends up being the same end result for people that just so happen to cross paths with this building Um, that I, I just, you know, I'm just like, I'm seeing Seeing so many different like themes and genre pieces that would get explored very deeply that are in this film and hinted at. So I, I feel like it's really far ahead of its time <laughs> is what I'm getting at, right? Like it just, it's just, yeah. it's really interesting that it has all of these different cross points in these various plot lines and I'll let you get into the rest of the film. I just really wanted to kind of like rave about that. Yeah, not a problem. Um, the next 20 minutes start uh, with, there's two men, they're waiting for more to come, and then, believe it or not, that's our next clip. I hear them in the drive. Hmm, good. It's getting late. They tried to get in touch with you. My mother tried to call you, but you were out. Yes, I was. Where were you? What? They said you were with a girl. Your mistress. That you were cheating on your wife. Is that true? Well, of course it's not true. You don't believe that, do you? Well, I don't know. Mr. Drees what says. Mr. Drees said. Drees. Hello. Good to see you. Is it? Well, of course, Drees. It always is. I'm just fascinated with your group, your work, your philosophy, and all. It isn't new, Johnson. It's as old as time. The war between good and evil in its most basic terms. Why, yes, that's what I mean, Dries. I want to discuss these points with you and uh, express, well, your, uh, our viewpoint in my writings. Yes, I'm glad you brought that out. I think you know too much. And there isn't going to be any writing. We're not interested. You are self-seeking, Johnson. You tried to use us for your own ends. You're ambitious, and you're a cheat. You're you're wrong, Drees. I... Why, that isn't true. You're wrong, Drees. Oh? You need to be scourged, Johnson. Purified. The simple war between good and evil, remember? Now, wait a minute. I... Let it out, Johnson. Let it out. Everyone must feel the pain of his own sins. That is our message, Johnson, and that is our mission. You're you're mad, Drees. No. You are. 
Come, Frank, let us leave Mr. Johnson to his own meditations. Wait a minute, Drees, wait. Don't do this to me. You've got to listen. I can give you money. I could make a contribution to the group. Important connections. You disgusting fool. Frank. All right, so they leave, and the dude freaks out, and he's kind of locked in the room. So he's trying to get out, and he opens up a window, and he thinks about jumping from it, but he decides not to. Um, then Frank and the leader, they're walking out, and they talk, and he calms down Frank's fears about the guy who's writing the story. Because he feels like he, he's like, the guy's freaking out like he's going to die, and he's like, no, he's not going to die, don't worry about it. So um, then... Um, he sends Frank away, and the leader then checks the note, and I can't really tell what's written on it, walks away. Then two men walk into the room where uh, Mr. Johnson is, and says, wow, it's 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 really warm here. We, we, you know, I, I see you have a fire going, put it out. So he, you know, there's a, a iron guard in front of the fireplace, and he's putting his, you know, a cloth down, and then they make him hold on to the thing, and it's burning his hand. Then they take the cloth away, and make his hand go on there, and it really causes a burn on his hand and then they uh the man in red shows up and he they kind of he sticks him with like a poker a couple times and he's able to escape their grasp and then he throws himself out of the window killing himself uh they decide they're going they put him in his car and then they crash it we see that and it explodes the next day frank actually meets margaret uh he um tells her pretty much hey i'm right next door to you so if you need anything just let me know and uh they actually spend the day together uh i got part of this was in italian uh, uh, italian i keep but, telling you i've included the files you have to just go and click on subtitle to turn them on oh all right uh but i got the gist of it and the most important thing was uh frank's you know telling him telling her how much he likes her and then the most important thing he tells her that his dad died by drowning in a boating accident and this is troubling for margaret because she was told by frank's mom he was killed in a car wreck so all right that's a little weird then he wants to know like hey what did you do did you what did you do and she even says like listen so like a, it's a weird story i went to a party there were pills and drugs there uh cops showed up and pretty much everyone pointed the finger at her that she brought all the drug but she's like i didn't do it um it was just a mistake but he keeps on like well are you really guilty though are you really guilty being a real prick about it so she pretty much tells him off and then runs away from him because she's like fuck that guy yeah there's a bunch of judgmental fucking really asshole people that just won't take you at your word yeah pretty much (laughs) in this film yeah and you can really like you just you feel bad for this girl she's constantly put upon by everyone that she comes across yeah oh pretty much just everyone makes her like oh my god everyone wants to be in her business there's a reason for why people are like this to her and it will make sense by the end of the film yeah but uh this systematic just degradation of this human being it's being done there's some social commentary going yeah. on with this as well it just takes a really weird and darker turn <laughs> with it oh yeah 
Definitely. It is definitely a weird and, and very dark turn here. But uh, yeah, it is yet. what it is. Yeah, but we're not yeah. there yet. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, So uh, that night, uh, she's there's a blood spot that keeps showing up in her room on the floor. And she keeps trying to clean it, but then she just covers it up with carpet. So you're like, what the fuck's going on there? Later on, she meets her probation officer or caseworker. Uh, and um, but she's talking about how she wants to get out of the house. She's kind of freaked out by both the lady and Frank. And Justifiably the, so. Yes, justify. And the and the social worker seems to want to help. She's like, "Hey, listen, I'm going to be out of town for the next week. Why don't you take some money and get a hotel or something? And I'll make I'll 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 get you a different place." And then she's like, "No, I I can't take your money." Um, and she says it's wrong, and she'll figure it out. Uh, and she goes, "All right, well, I'll talk to you when I get back." Well, uh, as she's walking back to her place, she bumps into a man who pretty much says, "Wait." But then follow me to this restaurant down the street. I have to talk to you. Well, she meets him and we find out this guy's the brother of the first girl we saw in the beginning of the movie. And he's trying to find out what happened to her. They kind of share a nice playful moment of uh, eating roast beef sandwiches and, you know, just talking. He's going to be around and and she's interested because she also feels like things are kind of off here. Um that night, uh, she's looking outside of her door and she watches Frank showing Mr. Uh, Mr. Crease, which is the cult leader, something. And then they leave. Um, Jack meets with his old friend Charlie that night, and he knew his sister. Charlie and his sister had a little something before Jack got with his now wife. Well, Jack's kind of being, uh, you know, just not really saying much about what could have happened as Jack's pressing him. Uh, but then uh, uh, Charlie's wife shows up, and she kind of, you know, shed some more light on things, and that's our next clip. Claire, this is Jack. Jack Whitman. You know, Edie's brother. Jack, my wife, Claire. I'm pleased to meet you. I'm sorry to budge in on you like this. Oh, that's perfectly all right. I'm truly sorry you haven't come on a more pleasant trip. I met your sister just once. She was a very lovely girl. Thank you. She must have been very down after that ordeal. After what ordeal? She just means being lonely and all that in the city. Cut the jazz, Charlie. What is she talking about? It's nothing, Jack. Really? I said, what is she talking about? Tell him, Charlie. I thought he knew. All right. When I was going with Edie, Jack, well, you see, uh, it was like this. Uh, we got in a little trouble. Uh, this other guy and me, well, well, we started lifting stuff from stores. We were getting away with a few hundred bucks worth of stuff a week. And some mob guy I know was taking it off our hands. It was easy. <laughs> and then we started breaking into places at night. Getting away with a whole bunch of stuff. We'd just roll a truck up to some of these joints, grab whatever we could in five, ten minutes, and split. Like nothing to it, you know? Edie was with you on these trips. No. No, she wasn't. I give you my word she wasn't. We just stored some of the loot at her pad. Watches, jewelry, stuff like that. And she made a couple of calls for us, like, um, setting up appointments with the fence guys, stuff like that. And that's all she did, honest. Well, she did it for me, I guess. Anyway, they caught us. I still don't even know how. They had everything on us. Did Edie go to jail? Yeah, but she was only there a couple of weeks. The charge against her wasn't very serious. She got a year on probation. Me and Willie, uh, that's the other guy. 
We copped a plea and got three years pro and suspended sentence. That's it, Jack. That's all of it. There isn't anything more. Not quite. How did she get to Mrs. Grant? I really don't know. Somebody up at the jail must have told her. Maybe this Mrs. Grant has some contact with the matron up there, and when somebody needs a place, they help them out. What are you going to do now, Jack? I don't know. Do some more checking, I guess. Look, uh, Jack, if you need anything, I mean, if you want me for anything, call me. Anytime. Okay, Jack? Okay. I wish he'd drop this. I'm scared for him. So there's some bad shit happening at this building, man. Yeah, man. A lot of weird stuff. This, um, and, and involving women who are vulnerable. Yeah, specifically the same 2A apartment, right? Yeah. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, this 2A apartment, at least if nothing else is apartment, this building. Um, and involving women who have recently, unfortunately, gotten to some trouble, whether their fault or, from what it sounds like, some dude's fault. I okay, mean. Right. But this is the really interesting thing, right? Every single mm-hmm. one of them was on some type of probation or had something like that where they were being sent specifically to this location because this room, I guess, is rented out by the state for people yeah. that are in a halfway position or something yeah. okay but because of that these are people that are most likely to be more easily disappeared because they were likely to make a run for it exactly or it's but, a probability that they may do it um how close are we to 20 minutes before i start digging in on that we are actually at 20 minutes oh perfect <laughs> yeah. yes <laughs> okay so like the, the setup that what we have here is there are these women that are fresh pretty much out of jail and they're in the system to where they're still somewhat on probation and they or they have an officer that they need to report to or they've gotten into some kind of trouble and they're in some kind of halfway house type situation with staying in this room but they're all disappearing and no one seems to really be that concerned about that because they are in a group that are likely to just try to disappear from this type of thing yeah well and then i want to know this how come those two guys who were doing the crimes they got probation with time served yet she has to serve time. Those two guys, cop two, yeah, we were doing all the stealing. They got three years probation. She had to do time. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't good for them. Well, unequal justice, Matt, is a thing that does exist in this world. Yes, it is. I'm just like, wow, I'm like that. How, how much more shit is that? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that every single one of these ladies is getting a bad rap. Absolutely. Yes. Um, It makes me beg the question of when you find out later on, just how right the conspiracy-minded investigator was in our last clip. Mm -hmm. When you get to the point of how much he actually figures out just how far this kind of thing goes, you often have to wonder if maybe even the girls going to jail is part of the targeting for them. Yeah, maybe. Because these are women are very clearly being targeted and disappeared by something or someone. And it's obvious 
obvious that it's post Prime right after they're released. But given the circumstances that almost every single one of these ladies in some way, shape or form was sent up or set up by other men in their lives, there is some serious symbolism going on here. And uh, I would say a pretty strong indictment of the justice system altogether. And just when you think they're going to make a really, really strong hateful charge in one direction, they take a swerve on you here in this next 20 minutes and go a completely different route. It's also very hateful and somehow feels very plausible, but you don't want to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. True. (laughs) Fucking horrific. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I can't wait to talk about that. I just wanted to kind of get into those that like, cause this is the, this is where we're starting to find out the setup that there's girls, plural disappearing from this same room, from the same types of programs, all from post doing time. And it seems like all of them have some kind of a story about being set up or sent up by someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, like, and there's, it gets real. Okay. Let's just talk about it. It gets real conspiracy theory type shit here in the next like 20 minutes of the film. And it gets real deep into like what people describe Illuminati kind of shit going on. Right. Uh, so, I mean, the, the idea of what they're trying to do here in a post QAnon world, it's so less fun to kind of talk about and hypothesize with this kind of shit. But I kind of think that in this case, it's almost to the point where it's trying to be satire and when we get there i'll talk about that more all right well uh we start the next 20 minutes uh later on that night margaret rogers frank leave and she tries to spy inside his his room and she looks in there sees a bunch of mannequin heads and everything but one of the goons comes up behind her and she's like oh i was looking for the bathroom he's like oh okay it's it's over here and he goes you can get turned around these houses that was frank's work room well she uses the bathroom for a little bit waits for that guy to leave and then she goes and checks out this workspace and there's a lot of mannequins some horribly disfigured mannequins uh it's all really gross and then frank comes walking back in and she hides and he works on some stuff then leaves but he had locked the door however she is able to get out after she gets out she sees the top of the stairs a party's getting out of the house and uh the local priest is leaving and tells the landlady that he wishes that she would come to him more for some of her issues because as of right now the way she's going she's making up different stories about her husband's death and looking for someone to blame for it in each story she's looking for some blame other than it was just an accident um then the cult leader comes out and they have a bit of a back and forth with him the priest and uh you know and the priest leaves uh then we could do uh we see that jack calls out to her he's in a house that's right next to hers and their windows face one another uh they're talking and she comes over for a drink and they talk about finding other people who stayed in that house to see what's going on there because they both think it's weird uh she says yeah she's excited to do that and then they you know feel a little certain way about one another and they bone they go to bone town (laughs) population them good good for them uh thank you movie for this very erotic very consensual and enthusiastically consensual on both parties points Yes, I will that's, that's, say that's a fact. Yeah, yeah, this this was a really nice, refreshing change of pace in a Jallo, and for a lot of the type of Jallo and horror that we've been watching lately on this show, yeah. having an actual fully consensual sex scene happen in the film. Finally, fuck, thank you, movie. Yeah, that's uh, that was a uh, that was good on you, movie. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you were just the pick me up we needed to get us through the family dinners to come. Yeah, 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 exactly. Thank you, sir <laughs> and so, madam for your contributions. And madam for for both of your you, you 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 really thought about the rest of us here on that one <laughs> way to take one for the team on both accounts yeah yeah right uh so anyway uh 
All right. So then, uh, but all this while while they're doing it, Frank's watching from her window. Creepy. Yeah. So that's probably not good either. Yeah. Margaret's leaving the next day, and the landlady wants her to meet another young lady. But Margaret says she has to leave, and the landlady's, oh, I understand some of the time. Then the landlady talks to this new blonde lady, and they're talking, and she's like, well, she goes, oh, me and my husband used to live in the country, maybe you and Margaret can come out there sometime. The young lady seems real nice, so you know something bad's probably going to happen to her at some point. Oh, yeah, the movie totally sets it up where they're just, like, basically showing you a lamb being led to slaughter is basically how they're framing this. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, Jack and then Margaret meet the sister of the lady who lived in that place right before um, Jack's sister lived there, and that is our final clip. I used to be Miss Bianchi. Sarah Bianchi. Why, no, Sarah is my sister. Could we talk to her? What do you want? Well, we... Sarah isn't living here at this time. Can I help you? Could you tell us where we could find her? I'm trying to find out something about my sister. She used to live in the same house that your sister did in the city. Is... is that the Grant house? Yes, that's right. Come in. Sarah was always a high-strung girl. Even as a child. She was talented. She could paint quite well, but she... She was very unstable. That fits, doesn't it? Yes. People in trouble, one way or another. She'd get very depressed. She was in and out of psychiatric offices. I was always afraid she might. Well, as I said, she'd just get very depressed. Wouldn't be able to work at a job or clean the house. Or do anything except cry or lie in her bed all day nothing seemed to help her she was very unhappy i guess then she said she met some very wonderful people and they were showing her the way at last what did she mean by that i really don't know some kind of mystical or spiritual experience It was perfect for Sarah, something exotic, offbeat. She wasn't out of her mind, you know. She was just an unstable girl searching for something and never finding it. But where is she now? How can we talk to her? Well, like I said, she wasn't out of her mind. She is now. She's in an institution. She hardly speaks, and when she does, she isn't very rational. How did this happen? We don't know. She was found by a farmer one morning, about 50 miles from here, wandering along a country road dressed in a nightgown. Mrs. Craig, I know this may sound useless to you, but could we see her? I mean, you never know. You're wasting your time. It isn't a pleasant experience. I know that, Mrs. Craig, but I've got to see her. Please. Well... All right. I don't think it's wise.
whatever is right. happening with these girls who are disappearing and then suddenly reappearing it's pretty awful yeah it's not good this woman she's clearly like her entire life is ruined like I, that she may yeah. never come back from whatever it is that's put her in this state and when you find out the things that are actually going to start happening here during the, the film you start thinking more and more about what could have possibly put her in this state and it makes things so much worse for you right. <laughs> you know if you, you don't forget about her you'll, you, you're going to suffer a lot for the rest of the movie I promise you <laughs> yeah right I don't know about you, Matt, but speaking personally from me, I really was like going like fixating on like, Jesus Christ, what happened to that girl? And like the more I learned about what could have happened, the more my brain was like, Jesus Christ, that sounds horrible. More. Well, we're about to find out here. Yeah, I just no, I mean, like the more we find out about the people, the more we, yeah, you know, it, like it, it just it. Oh. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Not, not a problem. So uh, they meet the sister and she has paintings in a room. Of a man wearing red, kind of like the the man where it looks just like him. And as they're trying to talk to her and ask her questions, they we see scenes of what happened. She's in this house. Um, and many women, many different women are all together and they're tied. They're being flogged, whipped, beaten, just horrifically. And we see her, she's able to somehow escape one of her bindings and get out of the house and she just stumbles. But she probably went through all these things too. It's a horrific scene. Uh, Um, The execution of the scene, thankfully, is dated enough to where it doesn't make it as severe as what it could be. Yeah. But some of the effects were quite brutal and realistic and gross. And they kind of just go through this entire torture sequence so quickly um, that th- it, it just thankfully it doesn't linger on it but what it ends up being is just from what you've seen you wonder how much worse it could have been for the girl is what I was getting at uh, yeah that's true and uh, so all that happens um, and that's actually the end it leads us into the final 30 minutes of the film like the thing that I'm really fixating on, on with all of this is the idea is from what we did see of the actual torture how much worse could it have possibly been that we didn't witness it because this was just like she was they were pretty much not necessarily done with her but she was through something whatever it was because obviously she escaped so whatever horrible things she went through she had already been through and she still had just enough presence of mind to get herself loose and run and escape and be found picked up on a country road somewhere and then to to get out but she's still there she's physically escaped yes but mentally she's trapped there oh yeah She's oh, yeah. never going to leave. There. All yeah. the things that happened to her to that moment up until she actually escaped, they have forever scarred her and she may never heal from this ever. And no, just she probably never th- will. No. The idea of like, what the hell did they do to her to make her like this, to, to put her in this state and to, to make it be such a permanent damage to her psyche, you know, like it's, it's just like, it's, it's a really horrifying idea. And I feel like the film really delved into it in a way where it didn't feel grotesquely exploitative in that. I mean, they showed enough stuff that was, could very well be considered grotesque and exploitative. Absolutely. But for her portrayal here and the way that she's actually, you know, traumatized and what they're trying trying to do with the story here like i see some moments of like where they're really trying to kind of push the envelope of like what these folks are going through with these various systems that are in place and how they're not being properly treated and they're mostly neglected and left alone and i really feel like at this point by the time we see her in the asylum post the horrific ordeal that she went through and how they just pretty much are like no nah, we just ignore her when she's like this and then when we can communicate with her we try yeah that's pretty much what they said and then the doctor's like oh god why would 
would you want to talk to her? It's such tedious bother. Like, yeah. just completely disinterested in her. And the idea that these systems that are supposed to be in place, these safety net systems that are supposed to be protecting and taking care of these people, can't even really be fucking bothered to do it. They're overtaxed, they're underpaid, and some of them feel like, or seem like, they have pure fucking apathy to do their yeah. jobs from just what we've witnessed so far. And the film hasn't even yet begun to be poking at these various types of institutions and saying, this is what they really do. It gets a little symbolic here at the end, as far as I'm concerned, because I don't think they really think, like in a conspiracy theory way, but I really feel like that's kind of the message that this film is driving home, is that these institutions that are supposed to be safety nets, that are supposed to take care of not only just these women, but these people that are being treated like this and are becoming part of this horrific, torturous ordeal that we're seeing, they're being, you know, completely completely ignored and not taken care of after that moment but they're also somehow being led to this torture from these same systems so yeah. like i just i really feel like the film is being really really fucking angrily pointing at like these social programs right am, am i wrong about oh, yeah. reading this no, you're not wrong at all. Yeah, they, I mean, they're pointing at these social programs, but I think they're also pointing at uh, cults as a whole. Definitely cults. I mean. Oh, yeah, uh, it's it's very culty. Absolutely. But I, I, I mean, like the conspiracy theory government cult role back and forth that they have, like where, you know, cults end up in control of the governments and blah, 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 that they, they have with all of these various conspiracy theories has been forever ruined because of QAnon. <laughs> you, yeah. You can't. You can't have like a conspiracy theory hobby where you just like to come up with weird ideas just for the hell of it and see what sticks. You know, you can't, I, you can't I still do that do. anymore. I, I still try to have fun with some like fun conspiracy theories. Uh, if there is such a thing, but I try to, you know, I'm, I'm definitely always stay away from everything else, but yeah. uh, you know, right. So, I mean, clearly there is some kind of weird sex torture cult that is embroiled in these institutions in this particular area to where they are signaling out and preying on young women post arrest Yeah, in some way, shape or form to the point where one of them that was actually able to live long enough to escape their clutches is ruined for the rest of her life now yeah scarred yeah forever she, yeah. she'll never come she may never come back from this i don't want to make it sound that discouraging but like that's what the film's pretty much telling you is that I, no there's yeah no hope. i mean she hasn't for a long time so <laughs> and the institution that is housed with her care could give two fucks about trying well, I mean, you don't know that, but you do know that maybe they don't have the 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 capabilities. I just know. the dialogue of when that person is like talking about her that's yeah. supposed to be the doctor just seems so callous and uncaring and I just I don't know. Like I get the sensation that she's not even being taken care of now. They're just locking her up and ignoring her. I uh, I mean, you hope that's not the case. <laughs> but for, for, uh, for this yeah. woman's sake, but I that's the feeling that I got and that's how dark it got for me while I was watching this and like that's why I wanted to kind of talk about it. And yes, yeah. there it there's very much what they're trying to say is there is a torture cult conspiracy in the government of this film. Yeah. <laughs> I well, mean, I like, don't the, even know if it's in the government, but there is a cult that operating in this area, but at least it has members someplace. Yeah, and somehow they are linked in with these women who are just post arrest. Somehow they figure it yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. That that is fact. But it's embroiled <laughs> in with their release and the lodging situation of their parole. So it's it it starts to make you wonder if there is things going on in the government too. 
Yeah, you you kind of you get that feeling that uh, something's going on. So um, yeah, definitely right now for sure. Yeah, so you kind of hope that it's not that way, but uh, there at least somebody's in there uh, doing some sort of shit. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're coming up into that final thirty now. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's uh, let's bring her home. So Margaret and Jack, they're talking, and she's talking about, you know, hey, you notice, like, the man in red, the same man who she's like, I saw. Well, there he is. He's right there. And she's like, so I'm not crazy. I didn't imagine it. He he really showed up. And then she's like, we can maybe find out, like, who or what is causing these issues. And he's a little bit more nervous. He's like, I don't know. It sounds dangerous. It's almost like he's wanting to back off of investigating this because he thinks this could really get us killed. You know, it isn't just some, you know, accident that happened or something with his sister. There, now there's a lot of nefarious stuff going on. And, you know, that can get really worrisome. Yeah, things is, get really dark really fast in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, that night, uh, she's actually uh, getting ready to go to sleep. And uh, she's like, well, you know, she wants she wants to go to bed and all this kind of stuff. And like she's she's almost ready to uh, uh, fall asleep. And then all of a sudden she starts uh, hearing uh, a lot of stuff going on and uh, the windows close shut and forced shut. And she's looking around. She doesn't quite know uh, what to think. And then all of a sudden, more blood on the floor. Then all of a sudden, the man in red's in there with some blonde lady. And it looks like he cuts her head off. And then she thinks she sees the head. And then she just, uh, she's like calling out for Jack. But she passes out. Well, Jack hears her and he's trying to get into the, uh, to the, to the place. And, uh, or get through her window. And he's throwing stuff at it. But that is just not working. Um... So he's like, well, I don't, you know, like shit, I I don't know what to do now. Uh, and, uh, so he kind of embarks his way to try to, uh, get into the house and he breaks in through the cellar. And as he's creeping around, he sees some people, uh, he sees the two men carrying, uh, uh, carrying Margaret out, but then he gets knocked out by the landlady. She was behind him and she picked up a phone and knocked his ass out. All right, and then, so then the next morning, uh, Jack wakes up, and he's like, uh, well, holy shit, what happened? He's tied up in a car, and there's a snake in the car with him, the snake that was actually in Frank's hobby room. And as he's kind of freaking out, like the snake's going to kill him, some random dude shows up, and he's like, hey, the fuck's happened to you? And he's like, hey, help me out. And he's like, oh, all right. And so he, he, you know, gets him out of there. Did your version not have them actually setting him up in the junkyard and getting that all squared away? Yeah, I did not. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's multiple cuts of this movie, and apparently I must have given you a different cut. Um, all right, yeah. Because, I didn't see that. Yeah, you actually do see them setting it up snake and all. Like, oh, okay. Like, then the dude in the red hood is like commanding them and all of that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, unless I looked down and it was doing notes, but I, that doesn't sound like that'd be that quick of a scene. It was relatively quick, yeah. But like, was um, it? They, uh, yeah, I, it could have been in there, and I was looking down, taking notes after that yeah, happened because so I was like, that's kind of major thing. So. Yeah, they, they. It's basically you see them taking her and him, like her and him away, and all of that kind of stuff. They load them up and all that. But there, there are a couple different cuts of the film on the the Blu-ray. But maybe you did look down and miss it. But like it was relatively quick. But they just kind of show it in rapid succession, and like they throw him in the car, they get him all arranged, they put the snake in there too, everything. Like the whole, oh, wow. the cult is like doing all of this. Like it gets super culty in that moment, and it's okay. it's clear that like the red hooded priest out 
outfit person is commanding all of this horrible shit to happen and yeah. like and that they're just blindly following you know and there's something like culty about this for sure in that yeah, sequence okay. so i can't believe you missed that but that's like a huge part of i guess of, man but it was so quick i was taking notes on them knocking him out and taking her yeah but like no like you can actually watch like the it's very clear the person with the red hood is in charge like for gotcha. sure because they're commanding everybody to go do this stuff yeah well all right um anyway so jack gets free though um so uh then we see frank comes in we see margaret's in like a cell frank comes in and he wants her to eat and she's freaking out he's like listen you're not gonna be hurt no you, you no one's gonna hurt you that's insane he goes you just you know you you we just gotta have to get you right so in frank's eyes i don't think frank knows about a lot of the, some of the stuff that's been happening uh, i think he thinks that you know they they're he's just gonna get her to join the cult um she tells him about the man in red but he says you know i gotta go i'm not even supposed to be here right now and he leaves uh jack we see makes a phone call he calls some bros he needs some help uh then we see uh margaret is she's watching people walk by she sees the man in red walk by all this uh well then we see jack he uh breaks into uh, the house where the, everyone was staying, Frank's house. And as you look around, he sees a blood machine, like a machine that was pumping the blood substance through the floor. So they were setting her up to go crazy. Um, then he looks through more stuff and he finds pics of the house that the other lady's sister had drawn. She had drawn these pictures. So he's like, all right, well, now I know where the fuck they are. So, um, you know, time to go fuck some shit up. Uh, so then, uh, after that, Jack's bros show up, uh, it's the, uh, uh, Charlie, and then the other guy that, uh, uh, Charlie did, uh, a lot of work with, um, uh, the, a lot of his, uh, 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 uh thieving with, um, so anyway, um, uh, then as Frank is talking to Margaret again, uh, Margaret then sees the cult leader start slapping that blonde lady who we met earlier, um, for being an adulteress. And he was slapped her around pretty good. And that kind of gets Frank going, oh, shit, I'm, I'm witnessing some fucked up shit. So he actually helps uh, her escape, Margaret escape, and tells her, go up the stairs. Wait a little bit. It'll give you some time. She runs up the stairs. He turns around. But there's the cult leader. And he's like, he ain't, she ain't getting far. So Frank might have a problem. Uh, after going up the stairs, she realized that's that's not going to be, that, that's not going to work, pretty much. She's like, I'm, I'm in a lot of trouble. So she heads back downstairs. But unfortunately, uh, there's Frank, and she's calling to him, but um, Frank's hanging there. Frank's dead. Frank's been hung. Uh, sorry, Frank. Uh bad time it was really grotesque the way they made him up to look like it looked like he really yeah. was hanging it looked like it was almost cutting into his throat and almost instead of with a rope a wire right because it looked like it was cutting into his throat because it was a wire and then the wire yeah. snaps and his body falls and it's just grotesque and it's just like too much it's really hard to take and i was yeah. really surprised that the film elicited that much of a shock out of me from just dropping the right. body to the ground but it did yeah oh yeah same it was it was pretty bad, and you feel bad for Frank. You felt like Frank was just in this because his mom's in this. Uh, you feel like his mom kind of put him up into a lot of things, so you kind of feel bad for Frank. Yeah, I don't think end. Frank had any idea what was going on at all. No, no, I don't think so. I think he um, he was just trying to he was trying to help his mom, and I think he got taken up, and they he was probably in the bullshit part of the cult. You know, oh no, we don't murder nothing. We just help people with their sins, and he's like, oh okay, well that's fucking cool. Um, so, uh, so then, uh, Margaret, she's, uh, tied up, and then we see the blonde woman is brought before the cult, 
uh, and the man in red uh, tears down a fucking uh, sword on her face, killing her, and she stumbles out of the room all bloody, dies right in front of Margaret, who starts screaming. Jack and his crew get there, and they fight their way in. They fight through a bunch of guys, and Jack has to climb up through a window to get in because they shut the doors. <laughs> this was kind of like I wanted to hear the A-team music as they're punching yeah, yeah, everybody right? out. Yeah, it's yeah. like they're clearly a bunch of torturing, murdering bastards. You should really not be pulling punches. Where, where was Mr. T? Where was he at? Come on, man. You gotta help out with this kind of shit. Dude, seriously, if if B.A. Barakas found <laughs> a cult full of torturer murderers, I pity those fools. I would pity you. I wouldn't pity those fools. They deserve what they get. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the movie. Jack can hear the group, and they're kind of admonishing. Um, uh, they're admonishing uh, 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 Margaret and saying, "No, you know, you're not. You're not any good. You're, you know, you're going to, you're going to die soon, and all that for your sins." And uh, and then Jack gets in a fight with another goon. And just then in the room, Margaret, as the landlady's getting ready to kill her, she tells him, wow, is that why you killed Frank too? And telling her and like, oh, you couldn't stand because your son was a good person and loved people. And she's like, you tell the landlady, he's like, my son's dead. And the, um, the cult leader said, well, he's going to betray us, gets pissed. And landlady was holding a torch and he slaps her and she falls and the torch lights her on fire. The man in red sees this. He starts running away. Um, the... The cult leader kind of backs up, and Jack gets in there, and he frees her. And as they're leaving, before the cult leader can do anything, the landlady, burnt up but still alive, stabs him with the poker she had, killing him. After uh, a little bit, after they all get out of the house, Jack chases down the man in red. They get to, like, a side of a cliff, and as they're fighting, um, and 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 uh, Margaret walks up. Uh, Jack's trying to hold on to the man in black. Well, the mask comes up and not a man at all. It was the caseworker. It was Margaret's caseworker. And now we see that's how they got all those girls. So it was in the government the whole time. The murdering, torturing bastards are in control of all of these systems. And she, well, at least this one. And the lady loses her grip. Uh, she falls to her death. We cut two days later. Um, Margaret's looking for a place to live, but she's with Jack. They walk away together, laughing. Roll credits. So there's a little technique that Giallo's use where we're supposed to focus in on the survivors and be happy for them when they walk off happy into the sunset. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of happens with all murder mysteries. But um, what a bunch of horrific implications chucked at the penal system of this particular story and also the mental health facilities as well, because it feels like they're all a part of it. Yeah. I, uh, and all the people that were talking down to her and treating her like filth, turns out they're in the cult. That's how they like to treat people. It's some kind of weird sexual proclivity of theirs. Yeah, it, it seems very weird, and they are, apparently they are without sin, but all those other people are, are definitely sinners. <laughs> no, this <laughs> is are. their this is their sexual kink. That's all yeah. there is to it. And they oh, like yeah. to torture people and or murder them, and all of this other crazy fucking government conspiracy theory shit wrapped inside a murder mystery giallo slasher hybrid film. I really like this film, in case it wasn't obvious. Like, there was so much weird, just all these different ideas and just experimentation with all of these different themes and types of horror just kind of all rolled into one and like 
I mean, like, the idea that it's not just a rogue killer, there is an entire cult of weird sexual sadists that torture people to death. And, like, not everybody is always getting killed. Some people get away, but they, they're no longer themselves. And just the way that the film is set up and the way that they laid everything out in the story. And, like, when it's time to get gritty and gross, it gets gritty and gross, but it pulls back just enough, you know, to where it's not, it doesn't feel too excessive. And I just feel like it hit all the beats with me the way that I need this type of film too. When I say like a giallo or slasher or murder mystery or whatever you want to consider this film, like when I'm going for just something like this, it, it, it just totally resonated with me really well. I came at it expecting basically a giallo because it was part of the giallo box set that I purchased. And that's the only reason that I even really had the girl in room 2A come into my life, right? Yeah. But I am so grateful that it did. And that's why I love just taking a chance on things sometimes, right? I'm like, it's called... Yeah, of D- it's, okay, so like, I think it was Severn released all these giallo box sets i took a i took a gamble on them because like you seem to really like giallo movies and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna start buying giallos right and i told matt this and now i think it's close enough to time and we'll we'll thank everybody um this this week and and let them know we're actually going to do a giallo themed month in january we're going to do giallo january all right Giallo January. Right. This was one of the ones that just didn't fit into Giallo January, but I really liked some of the stuff that I was reading about it on the back. Like, I'm like, a murderous cult in a Giallo. My God. And so that's why we're talking about it now, right? And I yeah. was really delighted and pleasantly surprised. This was absolutely nothing like I was expecting it to be when I thought it was going to be a giallo, but in the most wonderful ways, because it's still delivered on everything I want from a giallo, but like in such a different and unique twist that seemed like in 1974 was so unnecessarily fresh because yeah. you could have just kept aping on that. You know, like you would expect something like this much later in the cycle, like, like a scream kind of film where they're trying to replenish and renew. But in 74, Jallos were still running strong and then here comes this weird little gem that's just doing things its own really weird and twisted way and I just really dug it man I did yeah um, I really enjoyed this one I liked the the kind of differences things were with the cult and such and it seemed uh, to be uh, not your normal Jallo because it wasn't normal like a uh, police officer investigating murder mystery there was investigation going on but it was mainly like can you save this girl before it all goes to shit it felt more like a rear window style Hitchcock film where we already know what happened it's just is our hero going to be able to prove it in time and save themselves yeah yeah and uh, yeah and I like the cult aspect I like uh, I like movies with uh, cults in them uh, I try not to let our current society wane me on that because I, I do think it's a interesting, um, Matt Syop uh, says, don't let Q ruin cults for you. That's right. I, I still think it's an interesting arc in any movie, you know, <laughs> uh, it's something that interests me. I always like seeing that. So yeah, just saying, <laughs> don't, yeah, don't let him, don't let him get you down. As far as storytelling aspect goes, you really can't beat cults for the breadth and depth of weirdness and depravity that you can mine for storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Because uh, they can really fuck this shit up. And that's 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 great for storytelling. <laughs> right. Just like in social services and how they are actually really just set up to torture, torment, and degrade the individuals that are looking to get help from them. Yeah, exactly. So it's all a good time. Everyone's having fun here, except for, you know, 
Um, the people that are stuck those, in the, the systems the of abuse that murdered. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Except for the people that this film is talking about and the people that were in this film and all the things that they had to suffer as far as the characters, I am saying anyway, not the actual actors, but let's hope they didn't suffer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that there's actual suffering, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. You think you can not fuck it up if we do PSYOP news this week? I hope not, but I'm not making any of those fucking promises. What if I told you the f- entire fate of PSYOP news rested upon whether or not you didn't fuck it up? That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> well, we'll just let that build for both you and the audience. And here we're going to take a break. We're going to play another song that I hope is befitting with the torturous torment in the film. But hey, it's royalty free. I did the best that I can. about being stuck inside the name of the song is the kill i was kind of thinking that this would fit but uh, i was still digging the uh retro synth pop sound and feel of this i mean hey it's royalty free for me to be able to use on the podcast but i still dug it yeah it's it's a, it's a nice little tune <laughs> it's a good tune synth pop may not be for everybody but i think it works for the type of film that we're watching this week i don't know why but i just feel like it fits <laughs> Goddamn right <laughs> Well, maybe you can tell us a tale of things that don't fit with some PSYOP news. This comes from Robert. This is something everyone's been talking about lately. Um, okay, so you think it's Brett, relevant and new, not like three years old like last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely relevant. All right, go ahead. Um, Brass against issues apology after singer Sophia Arista pees on fans' face during festivals. I spilled pee all over the place, but I cleaned it up. I don't know what they got a problem with. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I can't tell you what the what their problems is. Jesus um, Christ, that's from a completely different story, but does it not fit so well? It totally fits very well. Uh, the members of Brass Against were just as shocked as festival goers, goers with singer Sophia Arista peed on the face of a fan during their set at Welcome Booty to juice, Rockville. Juice, I've never even heard of this band. Booty juice, booty juice, gotta have it now. But you have now because of the water sports on stage. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm like, I, I guess, right? Um, the band issued an apology at Twitter following the incident. Uh, they said they had a great time uh, last night at Welcome to Rockville. Uh, however, Sophia got carried away. It's not something the rest of us expected. And it's not something you'll see again at our shows. That means that's my I mean, she fetish. had to be holding it. 
So she went That's on the stage, on, on the stage, whole, like having to go to the bathroom. Right? No, she was complaining mid set about having drank too much beer and having to pee, and that she didn't have enough time oh. to go back to go to the bathroom. Okay, and because I'm like that. Then she basically recruited someone in the audience that was willing to let them, like, basically let her piss in their mouth. I guess I don't know the whole yeah. gist of it. All I know is that yes, she does actually piss on the guy, and I've seen that video yeah. way more times than I'm ashamed to admit. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, that's fine. Um, well, somebody. I'm just okay, like. Okay. I, I, however, I was more like it would have been even more impressive. If she's like, no, nah, man, I didn't even have to go to the bathroom. I just let loose, uh, <laughs> and I would have been like, uh, that's 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 entertainment for everyone's bottom dollar. Then. <laughs> um, okay, I just wanted to point it out to. Um, I think it was uh, Randall that actually pointed out this was an all ages show, so there's a possibility ooh. that an underage kid could have been taken there because he plays the trombone in the band, and this is what you could end up doing. And so they witness what is very clearly able to be considered a sex act on stage. Yeah. <laughs> At the very that least. Can't be good. Yeah. I mean, like, and there's some explaining that you have to do that some people obviously are not going to be comfortable explaining to said person that would be at an all ages show. So like, yeah. that's really kind of the only thing that I have an issue with any of it is that if this yeah. really, truly was an all ages show, that seems a bit excessive. That's uh that can be a bit much. Yeah. Um, they also stated that, uh, Thanks for bringing it last night, Daytona. In a since-deleted tweet, the group added, We're truly sorry, not who we are as a band. Brass Against is a cover band known for performing brass editions of rock songs, and Eurista's antics took place during the cover of Rage Against the Machine's Wake Up. After reportedly making several comments about how much she had to pee, the vocalist invited a volunteer on stage to be her human toilet. Get my man with, she said, get my man with the can on his head ready, because we're going to bring him on stage, and then she says she's going to piss in that motherfucker's mouth, unquote. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, all right. Uh, she See, I didn't want to try and quote her on that for multiple reasons, besides yeah, yeah. the fact that it would become a clip. Yeah, that's a clip. I mean, that's, I really rethought it, so I'm like, I really revert, uh, re- reworded it there, so I didn't, uh. I don't want to get I don't want to get sued battled on that one. <laughs> you don't want to be quoted in saying that you pissed in some motherfucker's mouth? Why not? I, I just don't think that's appropriate for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you made that sound super judgy, but like not meaning to make it sound super judgy. I just, you know, I'm trying to help a lot of people out, but maybe not doing things. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha not like i'm making um, the fucking clips anyway yeah right uh anyway uh then she said she had to pee and she says i can't make it to the, she said she could not make it to the bathroom so she said they might as well make a show out of it the willing participant made his way on stage and as promised Eurista dropped her pants and pistol over his face without pausing the song so uh uh, bra- uh so then they you know there's video out there of all of it and brass against covers of tools uh Lateros and the pot impressed Maynard and company so much that they asked them to open their European shows next year. Uh, uh, no word on if that's still on or not, but um, P, there you go. Hope um, hope everyone's having a good time. <laughs> right. Again, like I said, the only thing I have a problem with this is it's possibly an all ages show. So, yeah. um, you know, that would be almost as, you know, that's pretty much as bad as like, you know, strippers on stage like fully nude for an all ages show right like yeah i mean it's it's not acceptable 
<laughs> yeah, you don't want to like heavily, heavily sexualize. But then again, what are you going to do? It's like there weren't charges filed. The police no. didn't pursue it from that much further. And no. like, how do you really explain what makes that so obscene to the point where you can really bring the charges? So like, I, I really like the way that they, if this was engineered, because that's also something that the group was talking about. Uh, whenever this brought, got brought up in the Cinema PsyOps group, there's a lot of comments where I was discussing it where, you know, this could have possibly been a work where they did this as like a shocking moment to try and garner attention for the band yeah. like a promotional type of gimmick or stunt it's a uh-huh. very distinct possibility they would not be the first band to do that sort of thing and they most certainly will not be the last yeah. to stage the entire thing and if you see the video, it feels very well like it could have been very much pre-planned. Either that or they have an amazing crew that's ready to have their singer piss in the mouth of some rando on stage. <laughs> I mean, it's a possibility road crews are prepared for many, many a trials and tribulations, some, my friend. So. Some, some, some kids sitting out there going, um, hey, mom, dad. What's a human toilet? <laughs> Clip. Clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it's 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 it is what it is, right? Like it, it it's kind of Jim Morrison waving his penis at a show and getting arrested. It's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, people who perform on stage always end up pushing that envelope on what are we going to end up accepting, you know? And mm-hmm. at least in this case, the only time that consent wasn't really involved was when the guy was on stage wiping piss off of himself and. Trying to throw it on the audience and spitting it at people. Yeah. Where the consent actually gets removed from the actual act, if you want to look at it as a public sex act, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. People that didn't want to see it could obviously look away. True. Okay. Yeah. But okay, yeah, the fact that it was there there could have been kids in the audience, that's fucking horrific. And yes, that definitely is not a good thing if there are kids in the audience. But yeah. as far as the sex act part of it goes, the guy that was getting peed on was enthusiastically into it. And then he he was very consenting. Right. You can see it in the video, which, I, like I said, I've watched more times than I'm not ashamed to admit. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that joke's never going to land, no matter how many times I try to tell it. <laughs> I mean, you just really want it to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep working it, but it just doesn't do it. Okay, so he's really into it, but then he hops up, and then he starts trying to, like, he wipes some of the pee off of himself and, like, flicks it at people, or, like, you know, like you do after a shower kind of thing, like, at the audience. He spits some yeah. of it's in his mouth at people into the audience, and then that's when she's yelling to get him off stage, and then he's done, and then needs to stop and i'm like okay yeah you may be into this dude but that doesn't mean you get to share it and and spit at it up like at everybody else and like you know try and get everybody else that's totally not into having someone else's urine on them (laughs) you know like that's when it becomes gg allen territory you don't throw it on unwilling participants (laughs) yeah right no that's 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 a fact yeah (laughs) right and okay yes we got to that and i'll bring it up my problem with gg allen and all the shit that he did was he was specifically not a consent guy in any way shape or form and saying that out loud you basically have to admit he was a horrible human being oh yeah and if if he's listening to his music after admitting that to yourself is even more difficult and i'm saying that as a person who is coming to terms with that (laughs) oh yeah that's uh that's not good i've even played some of his shit on the show so oh really you know Uh, yeah can't unring that bell nope it happened now you just move on from it You won't do it again. Speaking of that, let's just end this fucking show. Fucking do it.
If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. be really really on the nose but i feel like after all of the stuff that was in the movie that we discussed that we really should apologize for all the hurting and the pain yeah we're sorry everyone (laughs) just for our part in it for whatever we may not have done to be able to make it better for whatever we couldn't do to make it feel better we're just we're sorry for all the hurting and the pain we're sorry for all the pain and the hurting (laughs) and the and the hurting pain yeah i'm sorry for the pain and the hurts the pain painting hurt i I don't know All right, you have sorry. you've definitely lost the thread, and I'm very sorry about that as well. <laughs> if you'd like to find other instances where I try to be sincere and Matt fucks it up with his tomfoolery and jackassery, all 327 instances of that occurring is available on, on it's our every episode <laughs> on our main landing and launching page, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. Yes, in fact, Matt cannot handle serious adult conversations and tries to undercut them with pee pee humor. Yeah, yeah, don't kink shame me. <laughs> I'm not, man. Your water sports are your water sports, you know? No, no, man, you're kink shaming me right now. I can't handle serious conversations, and I don't want to deal with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's your, dare you. It's your kink to not being able to handle serious conversations? Because now I'm interested, and I want to talk yeah, about now, it. Now you're into it? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't Sold. understand how that's a, that's a kink, and I'd like to know more. Do you have a newsletter I can subscribe to? Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, congratulations. You're now signed up for That's a Kink magazine. <laughs> cool. Speaking of things cool. that you were like, wow, that's a kink, our Instagram, <laughs> cinema underscore psyops, where all of the various memes are reshared for our people. And yes, sometimes they do deal with various kinks of ours. Yeah, right? Jesus. I mean, got to. <laughs> Speaking of places to find kink, you need to check out the Twitters, my friends. You can tweet a twat at whoever you want while you're there. It's awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. Nobody is zucker-fucking anybody for these twats being tweeted at us there. I am at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. We do, however, have a presence on Facebook, although we are constantly being zucker-fucked there. You're going to get zucker-fucked there. Yeah, I got hit with a group quality warning for something that somebody posted that was like a fake ketchup video that was a parody video that somebody posted to our group three years ago, and I got a group quality strike on that. brigaded right now or something? I mean... No, it's just once they find it, they go out and scrub for every other instance. It's just a fucking bot. That's all it is. But it's there. But we interact as much as we possibly can. And by we, I mean the royal we myself at Cinema PsyOps Facebook group, where I'm available on Facebook as Court PsyOps. That exists on Facebook, but you should probably just leave him alone. It's better for everyone's mental health that way. Yeah, you don't don't want me around. I mean, it's it's bad for everyone. Which is also why I've stopped giving out his email. But you can reach the show and myself, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. You going to give me anything to bounce off of, or do I just have to close the show like this? Uh, I don't have anything. To, I'm, like, I'm trying to think of something, and I'm like... Uh, fuck. I don't know. Well, while you're out there dumbfounded and leaving everyone in the lurch, <laughs> kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Been trying my best to Appearances up into letters to go. But now that we're strangers, I can't seem to feel the same. Some things just aren't meant to be. Sometimes all you need. Hey, you uh, recording on your hey. side yet? I am now. One, two, three. You seem to get called in on work calls on your day off a lot, man. I would not I don't put even up have with a day off mission. today. It's Monday. Oh, you don't have Mondays off? No. No, I work Mondays. Oh, I don't know why I thought you had Mondays off. Yeah, I don't know why. No, I work Mondays. Do you get calls like every night around that time? Or is it just um, Mondays that they're always fucking with you? It's been a lot more frequent a few nights a week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing I shouldn't include any of this. So Probably not. Yeah. No. It's a whole mishigash of things, and then a lot of people want a lot of things done in two days. Like They want a week's worth of work in two days that I'm here this week. Jesus, man. How much power do you yield that they have this much like demand on you all the time? I really don't yield that much power. I'm just the only IT guy in Omaha. There we go. Okay. that's Okay. <laughs> okay now, I, okay. I'm just wondering why you're being yeah. so used and abusive because you're the only one and that's why. Yeah. I'm the only IT guy in Omaha. But uh, for for the just general IT purposes, like right. there are like developers in town, but they don't, you know, they don't do anything IT. So <laughs> no, uh, I sure as fuck don't support anything unless it's something th- I wrote, and only in the functionality 
of it not working the way that I wrote it to. Exactly. Like, you know, you know how that is. So, yeah. But uh, as far as like, I have to be somewhat of a network guy. I have to be all hardware. I have to be some of software, uh, you know, basic support. Then I got to now I've become a shipping guy. And then I also keep an eye on our generator that we have. So <laughs> I'm the printer guy. I'm a lot of things. <laughs> You're the guy the company's going to need when the apocalypse runs. All right. So girl in room 2A is what girl we reviewed. 2A. That's right. All right. Oh, no, dude. I'm sorry. I did girl in room 2B. Oh, fuck. fuck. We missed the apartment. <laughs> I, fucked, I fucked up. <laughs> All right, uh, can you hear loud enough for you? Yes. Probably a little louder for me. Does that make it too loud for you? Nope, not at all. Cool, then your fader's independent from mine on that. That's cool. If I have to feel isolated alone all the time, so does everyone else. Well, we can all come together at least and listen to this trailer. Segway, baby. Now, you can see what actually... Did I just lose you? No, I'm here. Okay, I just me? thought I had the noises. Yeah, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, the internet signal thing went out, so I'm just going to come in. anything to bounce off of or do i just have to close the show like this uh i don't have anything I'm, like, I'm trying to think of something and i'm like uh fuck i don't know well while you're out there dumbfounded and leaving everyone in the lurch kick the fuck <laughs> out of this week and make it your bitch <laughs> what do you want from me i don't know i don't know what's going on anymore <laughs> <laughs> this really like hostile back and forth show that we just did. I think yeah. people are gonna dig. Yeah, I think so. We were like, all right, about time they you all know, got fucking pissed at one another. They've been getting along way too fucking much lately, and uh, I don't like it. We, we can't have that kind of fucking malarkey. Done with people getting along. <laughs> you still rolling? Yeah, I am. I'll stop here, and I am done.